always a good time to talk about heart health and always a great time whenever I get the chance to speak with one of the awesome doctors from Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group, and we are doing the both of those right now. Cyrus Woody with you here on ESPN West Palm tonight, and joining me is Dr. Oral Waldo, a cardiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group. Dr. Waldo is also on staff at Good Samaritan Medical Center and Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. And like I said, Dr. Waldo, always a good time to talk heart health, but I specifically want to focus on a term that sports fans have heard all too often over the past year or so, and that's cardiac arrest. Most recently, the term was back in the news when Bronny James, freshman basketball player at Southern California, and of course LeBron James' oldest son, suffered cardiac arrest during a team-sanctioned practice at USC. Thankfully, Bronny was reportedly resuscitated by USC medical staff, taken to the hospital, and stabilized in the ICU. According to reports, he spent several days at Cedar sinai Hospital and then was discharged and is now recovering. And in fact, he was seen at a Dodgers game this past weekend, and on Tuesday night, he was seen with his dad at Drake's concert in Los Angeles. Certainly uh, good news there. So, so, Dr. Waldo, what happens to the heart during cardiac arrest? So during sudden cardiac arrest, the heart literally stops beating. Sometimes the heart is quivering a bit, and what happens is it's unable to squeeze the blood to the vital organs that needs the blood flow. Dr. Waldo, how is cardiac arrest treated both in the short term with possible emergency life-saving measures versus treated in the long term and, of course, trying to find, hopefully finding a, a cause for the cardiac arrest so that to make sure it doesn't happen again? That's a good question. In the immediate setting, like you mentioned, CPR is very important. The earlier we give CPR, the more likely is the chance of survival. Once somebody survives, then what we want to do, we always want to check for the cause. Because if we don't find the cause, then it's more likely to happen again. One of what we always look for is to see if there is coronary artery disease, if there was a heart attack uh, that could have caused the cardiac arrest. We also want to check for genetic causes. A most common one, uh, a very common one that we know is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy that frequently will cause an athlete to pass out. So we do quite a few tests in the hospital. This may range from an EKG to an echocardiogram to a heart catheterization and so forth. Cyrus Wittig here talking heart health with Dr. Oral Waldo, cardiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group. And doctor, of course, you mentioned it's so important to hopefully find a cause of the cardiac arrest after the fact. But in a perfect world, we everybody would know potential causes before a cardiac arrest. Is there any way to find potential causes of, of someone who might be at risk for cardiac arrest? It is possible. However, um, not all the time we may find a cause prior to the insult. Screening athletes with um, just a basic EKG, having them seeing a physician or a sports physician just to have them examined, that's usually the initial step to take. If there's any abnormalities, then we do things like an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart that helps us to look at the heart structure to let us know if there's any pre-existing cause. But Frequently, we may not find a pre-existing cause. 
Dr. Waldo, just circling back quickly to the start of the conversation, trying to get an idea of what cardiac arrest actually is. Is it one of those situations where a square is always a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't always a square with cardiac arrest and, and a heart attack? Like a cardiac arrest is always a heart attack, but a heart attack isn't always cardiac arrest. Are they related in some sort, hand in hand? Are they different similarities? Just speak to that if you could. A cardiac arrest is basically any event where the heart stops from squeezing blood to the body. One of the causes of a cardiac arrest could be a heart attack. A heart attack is a blocked blood vessel. So the heart is not able to get enough blood supply to itself, and so it stops squeezing. So a heart attack can lead to a cardiac arrest. However, some cardiac arrests are not caused by heart attacks. Mm. So let's say, for example, an athlete with a very thick heart, uh, he has a, a, a genetically predisposed condition that could cause cardiac arrest. He goes and he, he plays ball and he has a cardiac arrest and um, his arteries are open. He did not have a heart attack. So this cardiac arrest was not from a heart attack. Again, here with Dr. Oral Waldo, cardiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group. Dr. Waldo is on staff at Good Samaritan Medical Center and Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. Dr. Waldo, just staying on the topic of terminology of heart health, we've talked about heart attacks and, and cardiac arrest, but we also hear the term AFib, which is short for atrial fibrillation, and also happens that happens to be one of your specialties. Dr. Waldo, tell us what AFib is and how it may be similar or different from our previous buzzwords. Atrial fibrillation is one of the most common cardiac arrhythmias that we see. It is uh, more predominant in the elderly, say people above 65. In atrial fibrillation, the top portion of the heart quivers. It beats in a chaotic manner. So that's in some way, it's a little similar to cardiac arrest, but in atrial fibrillation, the heart's actually squeezing enough to provide blood to the body. So the person with AFib is still functional. As opposed to cardiac arrest, the heart is not squeezing blood to the body so they're not functional. They're typically passed out. Dr. Waldo, what are the signs and symptoms for AFib, again, atrial fibrillation? The most common one you'll hear people mention is they'll mention palpitations, feeling of the heart beating irregularly. They may feel some shortness of breath. They may report some lightheadedness and sometimes even fatigue. These are usually the most common symptoms. But overall, people are usually still conscious and functional enough to seek treatment. Again, Cyrus Wittig with you here on ESPN West Palm tonight, chatting about cardiovascular care with Dr. Oral Waldo, cardiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network physician. And Dr. Waldo, how do you diagnose AFib, again, atrial fibrillation, and then how is AFib diagnosed and, and of course, treated? Atrial fibrillation is usually diagnosed by an electrocardiogram. That's a usually a very simple um, process. Usually takes about 10 seconds once you're hooked up to one of the electrocardiogram machine. And this machine will show us the heart rhythm. It will let us know if you're in sinus rhythm, which is the normal rhythm you were born in, or it will show us if you're having an unusual rhythm, such as atrial fibrillation. 
Dr. Waldo, this may circle back to some of the the issues uh, that we've spoken about earlier. But again, your main specialty is cardiovascular disease and, and diseases. What types of cardiovascular disease and other heart conditions do you spend uh, the most time diagnosing and, of course, managing and treating? We treat many different um, types of cardiovascular disease. We treat arrhythmias, one of which we just talked about is atrial fibrillation. There's other arrhythmias, which are irregular heartbeats, such as SVT, PVCs, and so forth. We treat valvular heart disease. Sometimes the heart valves does not work so well. So uh, the blood is not freely flowing through the heart in a manner um, to support um, healthy living. Also, we treat things like heart attacks, which are blocked vessels. We open up heart vessels and we put people on medication to help the heart squeeze better, uh, particularly in situations such as congestive heart failure. Dr. Waldo, you also specialize in cardiac testing. I'm sure one of those is the EKG that, that we've touched on earlier. When is heart testing needed? And, and again, other than EKGs, what types of heart tests do you conduct? The EKG is usually the first one. It's, mm -hmm. um, we usually call it the workhorse of cardiology. Once you go in, you're going to get an EKG to start. Then from there, we determine what's next. Some people may need things like an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart to look at the heart structure, the heart function, the heart valves. Some people may need things like a stress test. A stress test, we may be able to get you on a treadmill or give you medications to put the heart under some form of pressure to see how the heart will perform in those particular situations. Some people may even need invasive testing, such as heart catheterizations or so forth. As an adult cardiologist, what's the predominant range of patients that you see? The range of patients that I see typically start at 16. This is because this is the time they're kind of really transitioning over into, into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes people may even have congenital things um, that we can pick up from there um, and continue to, to take care of them. You also offer pre-op evaluations, high cholesterol management, preventative medicine. Can you talk about talk more about those types of services that you offer? Yes. Pre-operative care um, or pre-operative consultation, this is usually done in individuals who are going to have surgery. We check to make sure that the heart and the heart's function is sufficient enough to take them through a surgery, especially if it's a major surgery. We also offer other services um, such as preventative medicine, which you mentioned. This is um, a growing field in the field of cardiology these days where we're trying to find a disease to treat it prior to it causing significant um, problems. Also, there's other services such as um, long-term management of pacemakers in people who need or have those devices. Also, long-term care for things like congestive heart failure, things like genetic screening for certain genetic diseases. Um, for example, once uh, a parent have a certain disease, we may want to screen um, some of their offsprings to see if they are carrying some of those mm. um, diseases. A few more things with Dr. Aral Waldo, cardiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group. Dr. Waldo is also on staff at Good Samaritan Medical Center and Palm Beach Gardens Medical Center. And Dr. Waldo, I read that according to the National Institute of Health, 
when black patients have the opportunity to, to see black doctors, they are more likely to get preventative care. Unfortunately, according to the American Heart Association, fewer than 3% of cardiologists are black. Dr. Waldo, as a black cardiologist yourself, could you speak to the importance of black cardiologists and, and in general, black doctors? I think it's it's a long-standing history where it's really more so the patient's comfort level, owing to the fact that when they when some individuals see physicians that look like them, they think they're more likely to be represented. They may spend more time discussing diseases that might not be manifesting itself at that time, and so they're more likely to search to find things that they can prevent rather than having to cure. Dr. Waldo, before I let you go, would you mind just sharing your experience as a cardiologist, your education, your training? I was actually born and raised in Jamaica. I moved to America right after high school. I was in Fort Lauderdale. My family still lives there. I went to Florida Atlantic University um, just down the road in Boca, um, did my science degree there. Then I transitioned to Washington, D.C. at Howard University, where I completed my medical degree. From there, I was in Mayo Clinic for um, six years. I did three years in the Jacksonville, loca uh, Jacksonville location and three years in the Arizona location, where I completed my internal medicine training and also my cardiovascular disease um, training. I wanted to be back in the sunny South Florida. Can't blame so, you. Yeah. Dr. Waldo, what quick tips do you give to people to stay heart healthy? And how do you stay heart healthy? You know, I always say um, we should stick to the basics. You know, I always say exercise. I recommend five to six days a week. For most people, I will say 30 to 45 minutes. Um, a lot of times we tell people to do just about 30 minutes because, you know, you get in, you start working out for an hour, hour and a half. You start getting sore. You don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. So limiting, to, limiting it to about 30 to 45 minutes is usually good. We recommend a lot of group activities, group events. Sometimes rather than just simply going to the gym, just playing some sports, um, as that is a lot more fun and people are more likely to be compliant with that. Mm -hmm. We also recommend a healthy diet, which is um, in, in general a diet that is lower in animal fat and lower in refined carbs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So somewhat leaning to a plant-based diet, but not strictly a plant-based diet. Dr. Waldo, one of my favorite things about hosting ESPN West Palm tonight is that I get to speak to so many people with so many different backgrounds. And you mentioned that you were born and raised in Jamaica. You spent time in a couple of different spots in the United States before settling down here in South Florida. All that said, what do you prefer? What do you pay attention to in terms of sports? You know, any specific teams that you root for? any specific sports that you pay attention to, and then, of course, any, any sports hobbies of your own that, that you like to participate in? You know, I always like to watch um, track and field. Mm. I like to play soccer, which I only get to do from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, tennis I do play. Um, that's one of what keeps me active. And, uh, you know, what I also really like is just a good old-fashioned jog, just jogging <laughs> down the road for just about an hour. Good stuff. Nothing, uh, nothing better than that. Doctor, thank you so much for your time, for the insight, for all the information. Uh, it was a pleasure to chat with you, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
Again, that was Dr. Aral Waldo and his cardiovascular care Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group office is located in the Victor Ferris building adjacent to Good Samaritan Medical Center in downtown West Palm Beach at 1411 North Flagler Drive, Suite 8000. Again, West Palm Beach, 1411 North Flagler Drive, Suite 8000. Dr. Waldo will be opening an additional office in Palm Beach Gardens on November 2nd of 2023. And of course, for more information or to schedule an appointment with Dr. Waldo, visit pbhnphysiciangroup.com. Again, that is pbhnphysiciangroup.com or call his office at 561-407-0611.